Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. Uh, I'm Ray Hughes, and I'm going to be sharing with you today. And I've been looking forward to this for a few days, and I'm a bit excited about some of the things that I've been pondering in my heart. And then I realized that this is going to be posted on uh, February 1st, uh, and which is one day before a very special holiday. Uh, I don't know how many of you in your country have the opportunity to celebrate Groundhog's Day. Uh, but Groundhog's Day is certainly celebrated in America and, uh, and, and maybe even more so in the South. I don't know, but it's a, kind of a strange holiday. It's, uh, for us, it's a, it's a day when the, the, the groundhog has been cocooned away um, and, and hidden away, quarantined away. For its past season in a in a dark place in the ground, somewhat like a cave. And this is the day that traditionally the groundhog comes out of his the darkness of his former season. And uh, whatever he declares when he comes out will determine what his next season is going to look like and when the new day is going to come. When he steps out of that time of being being hidden away, uh, he is going to make a prediction, or shall we say, he's going to prophesy his new day. And he's going to do that in relation to the sun. And if he sees his own shadow, it's, uh, he, he, he's fearful and he goes back into uh, the more dark days. I think it's a bit unique when you start seeing that old, and call it, you know, it's fable and folklore, and even there's legends and movies and songs, especially old bluegrass songs that are written about Groundhog's Day. But also, when you think about it, you will see that, the principally, you see that numerous times in Scripture with God's people, especially in the Old Testament, at least nine times. Uh, there were examples of God's people going into dark seasons and into days of famine, and and uh, even at times saying, "Oh Lord, you know why? Why have you put us in this place?" And and they're living in a, in that dark season where they just don't feel like they have a future. And and boy, I tell you, a lot of people in the last two years have gone through that very thing. And uh, you see it um, with Jacob, you see it in Samuel, you see it numerous times, especially like with David. All of them go through the dark nights of their soul. And you see that what would come on the other end of that for God's people, because God's people would go into days of darkness. And typically that was a result of them turning their eyes away from God as a result of the infiltration or invasion of uh, of the enemies of God's people and God's purposes coming against them and camping against them, shutting them down, closing them down, putting them in a cell, if you will, or in a cave or in a dark place. And then they would uh, ultimately, what typically happens is they would then, they cry out unto the Lord. But they had to come to the place that they would cry out unto the Lord. And they would realize that the proximity and presence of God uh, would seem to be lost in their dark days. But once there was a crying out, and, a, and a, a, you, you see it in Judges chapter 6 with Gideon. You'll see it in David's personal life. You see it in Moses' personal life. You would see it in Elijah and Elisha, and you see it in Joshua. 
you see that they were going through these dark seasons. And then once they come to the place where that they would cry out, God would hear them and everything would change. You see it with Deborah uh, and Deborah and Barak. You see that they were in one of those dark seasons of the soul and then they begin to sing. And as they sang, uh, don't have enough time to spend much time there at all. But it, out of that song, by the time you get to the end of Judges chapter 5, uh, thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it shall come out in full strength. And you know, uh, this is being posted uh, the day before that. If you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to take the liberty to declare that over your life. May tomorrow be a day that you realize that these enemies that have held you captive in days past, in this past season, that would end with you knowing that, uh, that let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. May you come out of that dark season of weakness and pain, loss, confusion, fear, all of this thing that has just run around the, uh, the whole world and all of the nations, whether you even have a groundhog or not in your country. Um, may you be those that step out of that season of darkness. And, and look what comes at the end of that. And the very last verse in chapter 5 of the book of Judges, so the land had rest for 40 years. Hmm. So what they did is they moved out into a place where the land had rest. That means no striving. They stepped out of the place of, of judgment and stepped out of the place where the enemy had seemed to run rampant through their lives. And they had had a rest for 40 years in the land. All the strife and contention was brought down as they stepped into the new day for 40 years. Then at the end of that 40 years, look what happens in chapter 6. Then the children of Israel, look at these, look at these verses. Look at what happens in this first verse here. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian, for seven years. Now they've got to go through a dark season of seven years with the enemy dominating and, and holding them captive. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel, what did they do? They made for themselves dens and caves and the strongholds which are in the mountains. And what is a mountain? A mountain is nothing more than, let's look at it like this. When two tectonic plates collide and begin to put all that pressure against one another, and suddenly there's an upheaval in the earth. And so when upheaval comes, it's, it literally is the rocks and the stones underneath the earth are heaving upward. So if you find yourself in, in a season of upheaval and strife and contention and confusion, and, you know, most of the time when that happens, and you especially see it all throughout Scripture, when despair and depression and darkness comes as a result of upheaval, you just want to hide. In seasons of upheaval, we tend to draw away and, uh, and kind of uh, tuck ourselves away in our own issues and in our own uh, sense of loss and sadness and fear and confusion. And so it was when Israel had sown, Midianites would come 
they would come up in verse 3, and also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them as well. And they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, not even a sheep or an ox or a donkey or whatever. Now, what, what do we see happening here? We see that the enemy loves to invade the people of God. You can see it all throughout Scripture. They love to invade the people of God at harvest time. Now, now, many of us have walked with the Lord for many years, and we've sown and we've given, and many of you have been in ministry, and you've, and you've uh, sown into or sown into ministries and given yourselves to kingdom tasks and so on. And now you find yourself, uh, and, and many of you have given financially to ministries and, and, uh, and people in need, and you've blessed the widows and the orphans and all that kind of stuff, and then you find yourself going into the cave, and, and, and the enemy seems to just take all of your harvest away. And they would encamp again, and they encamped against the people of God, and for they would come up with their livestock their, and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. And you know, and look what happens. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel. Oh, wait, no, wait, let's, let's think about something here. Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites? No. That's what it says, but let's keep it in, a, in its purest context. In verse 1, it says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. That's why the enemy had access because they began to move in, in uh, foolishness and compromise and, and allowed their understanding and knowledge of the goodness of God would be overwhelmed by the presence of their enemies as a result of them doing evil in the sight of the Lord. In other words, the worship had gone away. The interaction with God had gone away. Uh, the, and then during those times where, where the interaction would go away and they would find themselves in these horrible states, that's when God always would find some obscure somebody living in one of those in, in a cave or in a shepherd's field or on a mountaintop somewhere crying out to the Lord. But they're all, uh, there's one thing that all of them had in common, that they all, uh, I think it's important that we get this. And these that I'm giving you are not only, they're not the only examples of this. There were many national movements of return to covenant promises and commitment to God. They were all around the idea of restoration of worship. They all happened, all of them, uh, in the Old Testament. They all happened during times of this moral darkness, spiritual decline, depression, and despair. And... Uh, Another characteristic of every, every one of these occasions, each time it would happen, something would begin in the heart of a single consecrated servant that had, ex, had experienced and they would experience an encounter with God. Everything would change within them and then they would step out and they would begin to prophesy or they would begin to do these outrageous prophetic acts uh, that would awaken God's people and realigned them, then they would become realigned with promises. And it'd no longer be famine now, it'd be the favor of God coming to their lives. And every time it always resulted in a return of worship. 
And every time it involved the destruction of the idols and the foolishness that had uh, captured them in the first place. And uh, always it was where idols existed. And and each of these revivals or restorations or the rebuilding of God's people uh, and, uh, and shall we say resurrection, each and each one of them, there was a recorded separation from sin and rebellion against God and repentance would come. And in every one of these seasons also, the people returned to expressed obedience to God's laws. And, and another thing you see is you will see a restoration of joy and gladness and the favor of God rather than the famine. And each revival, every one of them, was followed by a time of national prosperity. And uh, you, you can look at all those times it also involved obedience expressed through some act, you know, in other words, like, uh, though we don't have time to talk about it, see, Gideon, you know, he restored worship, tore down the, the Baal, altars of Baal, uh, and worship was restored. And when worship is restored, radical worship will always lead to radical obedience. But someone has to be the ones that step out of the cave and they look into the heavens and say, you know what? This is a new day. I'm going to receive my new day. I'm going to pursue the, uh, God in this new day. And I'm not going to get trapped in the caves of yesterday. And, you know, when, and like in Gideon's situation, it was seven years for everyone until this young man just decided that enough is enough. And when he stepped out of that cave and into the new day, it was, a, it was like a Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost Groundhog's Day happened in his heart when he came out of that because there, he had an encounter with an angel of the Lord that acknowledged and awakened who he tru truly was. He was not just some hideaway out there, hidden away anymore, because the angel of the Lord said, Gideon. And that, um, when he said Gideon, when he said Gideon, the word, his name, Gideon, means feller. Not like a Kentucky feller. With my southern accent, I say that, but I mean, I know it means feller of trees. But with Gideon, like one who fells trees. But with Gideon, it was one who fells, falls the Midianites. And that's precisely what God used him to do because he acknowledged that the words of the angel of the Lord uh, not only told him what to do and how to do it, but awakened who he really was. And Gideon, you weren't born to live in a cave for the rest of your life, cocooned away in some with this whole quarantine thing. No, come on out of that. Come into the new day, into the new season. Man, we got some noise to make and we got some worship to release. We got some prayer, praise and proclamation to put in the earth now. It's time for restoration and healing. And I just declare that over every life that's hearing my voice today. No matter what country or nation or traditions or fables and folklore you come from, there is a God that's ready to welcome you into your new day. And I just speak that over your life as a blessing today. God bless you. Got to go. Look forward to the next time. Blessings on you.